360 degrees on the Urban Breakdown Network. So right now we got myself, Big Merce, we have Odie in the house, and uh, we should have Mercedes jumping on soon, and hopefully along with Mr. Blue. So uh, I apologize for my HVAC running in the background. Uh, I don't know if you could hear it, but it sounds like a meat locker in here. It should shut off any moment now. <laughs> and um, Odie, go ahead and get us started on this gloomy Saturday afternoon. Yeah. Uh, so, hey, everybody. Um, I wanted to kind of talk about, interestingly enough, the things that are leading up to the Super Bowl, um, <laughs> two things, actually. Uh, so for those who have been living under a rock, we all know that Colin Kaepernick has been blackballed from the NFL after deciding to take a knee I think it was like 2016 when it started, um, but took me to fight social injustice and address police brutality issues specifically. Um, obviously, he still needs to take a knee because uh, just yesterday, an officer who shot Laquan McDonald 16 times um, had straight up murdered him in the street, um, just got sentenced to only six years. For murdering him, his colleagues were acquitted for helping to cover up the crime, um, but he he only got six years for killing someone. Anyway, Colin Kaepernick has has been protesting this this kind of thing. Um, this isn't news, and as a result, uh, <laughs> as a result. People have been divided on whether or not they should continue watching the NFL or banning or boycotting certain products that uh, broadcast during NFL games. Um, I personally don't watch football, so I wouldn't call it um, a protest. I can't say that I, you know, don't participate or don't watch, but I did go to a Super Bowl party last year, so I guess I'm complicit in some of it, but... Do I purchase any um, – do I go out of my way to support the NFL? Absolutely not. Ultimately, now is the time where we start to see – because the Super Bowl is, what, in a couple of weeks now, I guess? Um, so right now we're seeing a lot of commercials come out, and we know that the NFL spots are still expensive for whatever reason. Like, it costs a lot of money to have an NFL spot. And one of the ads that came out, was from Gillette, and they're capitalizing on this, like, whole um, toxic masculinity label um, and trying to break the norms there. And in the commercial, Merce, have you seen this commercial? I have. I know you've seen that. Okay. So I just saw it yesterday, and in the commercial, maybe about a minute long, and you see, like, clips of kind of traditional, like, boys will be boys, behavior. Uh, You see boys wrestling, 
their fathers are on the grill at the cookout, literally saying, boys will be boys, boys will be boys. And it's like kind of like this mantra that just goes on and on and on. And then you see uh, another shot of, like, this kid running from bullies that are about to whoop his ass. And you see, like, another clip of um, a guy sexually harassing a woman. Um, you also see a, a shot. This part really spoke to me. But you see a shot of a woman in the boardroom. She's just sitting at the table with a lot of men. There's one man standing up uh, next to her, and he says, no, what I think she's trying to really say, and basically tries to mansplain her. Um, (laughs) Yeah, this actually happened to me. But um, you just see, like, I guess, like, situations where women women or people have felt bullied by men or just, like, like their behavior is not acceptable. So they call attention to that. And then you see, like, this this 180 where you see people interject. Um, like, a guy stops his friend from sexually harassing a woman, and, um, you know, you see, like, one of the dads from the little kids at the barbecue, like, you see him break up the fight and say, like, that's not how we treat each other, like, stop kind of shit. Right. And, and then, like, the message at the end just says, like, you know, the boy the boys watching today will become the men of tomorrow or whatever. And this is and you know Gillette's tagline has always been the best a man the best a man can get or some shit like that. Yeah. The best a man can get. Yeah, the best a man can get. So I guess he sh- they're trying to say men can be better. So I didn't see a problem with this commercial. I don't understand why it's been so divisive, why people feel attacked. Um, the meme that I shared in the group chat yesterday, it says, uh, if you're offended, it's because you identified with the bad guys in the ad. And right. then the other person said, why is everybody picking on men? Yeah, I, I don't see... I guess, like, my philosophy has always been if it don't apply, let it fly. Like, so when it doesn't offend me, I just keep scrolling. It always seems like the offended always have to get in the comments of social media and feel the need to say that they feel attacked. I mean, it's kind of... It's easy to understand but hard to explain because there's always a segment of people... Like, I, I play... Uh, Dungeons and Dragons, and long story short, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna nerd it all up, not yet anyway. But um, I basically I was sitting at the D and D table, and there was a little kid. He had to be like 12, or 13, and he pulled out uh, a resource that he wasn't supposed to have at the table. Right? No DM that I play with ever allows this resource. So I pulled him to the side and I let him know, hey, you know, don't do that. You know, and I mean, I wasn't mean to him, but I was just like, you know, uh, DMs don't allow you to have those manuals at the table, stuff like that, right? But I put it up in the forums in order to find out, hey, you know, do the DMs, the dungeon masters, do they still feel that way? And most of the people talked about they kept it to D and D, but some people were just like, hey, you know, why you have, you know, why you, why do you feel need to school him? You know, he's not your kid. You weren't the DM to the table. You weren't supposed to tell him anything. So I was supposed to let him just keep on fucking up the game, huh? And then not do anything? Whatever happened to it takes a village. Whatever a black person does something wrong, 
They were like, well, where were his parents? Where were the community? Right? The community failed him. But if I'm trying to tell somebody something, and, and, and something as very simple as, hey, these are the rules, right? I get these assholes who get on me for it. Those are probably the same people who saw that Gillette ad and got mad. They're like, how, like, how dare you now? It's like uh, David Cross said when he was cracking on Trump fans. You know, you being, um, you being intolerant of my intolerance, you're just being a hypocrite. <laughs> You know, I mean, some people feel like they have a right to be that way, even though it hurts other people. You know, like if you, if someone's son bullies someone else's son, it's not because their son is an asshole; it's because the other kid is weak. You know, it, it's it is it does become very toxic. You know, and if kids do, if kids do pick up on that a lot. You know, yeah, and it, it's it goes on and on and on because and you know it's funny. I, it's not like I don't have seven thousand shows to watch on between Hulu and Netflix, but I started watching Simpsons season one again. Don't ask me why. I have the first ten seasons on DVD. I'm missing season nine. I got to buy season nine because it's not streaming anywhere. But there was an episode where Lisa was really sad and. Marge gave Lisa terrible advice on how to deal with her sadness, but it was because that was the advice that she was given as a kid. And when she saw it in action, she was just like, hey, forget all that bullshit I told you. You know, you need to be yourself. She didn't curse, of course, but, you know, I, <laughs> I joke with my brother. I'm like, it's just, it's just mercy speak. The, the exact same thing you said, but with more profanity. But... You know, all that stuff that your parents tell you, all the stuff that you see your parents do, it sticks with you. So I think that Gillette commercial was definitely on point, and people who, only people who are really angry at it, I agree with you 100%, only people who are mad at it are the people who the commercial is about. Those are the people who, who it really struck a nerve with, is the people who it's about. It didn't strike a nerve with me in that way, because I like to think, <laughs> I like to think that I'm not an asshole, and that I don't inspire other people to be assholes in real life, you know? Yeah. So, I guess good job, Gillette. I'm just not, yeah, I don't feel any type of way about it. I guess good job, Gillette. Um, someone else who was trying to get paid, a couple of other people are trying to get paid during the Super Bowl as well, and, and those are the performers. You got the uh, you got people that need to do the national anthem, and then you got the people who need to do the halftime show. Obviously, the halftime show is the bigger check. Um, and there's been quite a few people who have had offers to do the Super Bowl. There's, um, I heard Cardi B got offered a spot. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember somebody else, too. I, 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 I want to say I want to say Jay Z. Don't quote me on that. Definitely, Jay-Z, Rihanna, definitely. He got offered like a while ago, though. A while ago, um, and he definitely said no. That's why I love Ape Shit. Like I, I love my favorite line in Ape Shit is when Jay Z's talking to talk, and he says like, "Fuck the Super Bowl. You need me. I don't need you. We we selling it. We selling out stadiums too, which is true." Yeah. Um, it was definitely a top-grossing tour last year. The only reason 
it didn't beat Taylor Swift is because Jay-Z and Beyonce split the money. So split between two people versus, you know, one, Taylor Swift, right. um, who was having her own tour last year. But it's because you're selfish. Yeah, they, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I get it. I get it. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, Jay-Z doesn't, uh, you know, he didn't need the money, obviously. Um, his principles are higher than that. Um you know, and considering Cardi, Cardi is actually like pretty, she's she's pretty early on in her career. So that like to have a halftime show is, or to actually be offered that, that was a major. That would have been a major surgeon for her. Like I can't. It, it would have been a huge opportunity for such a, a a young artist talking about like young in their career. But I think it might have come. I mean, don't get me wrong. Cardi B was huge this year. Huge, right? And I still haven't gotten a chance to look at the bill. Well, I don't know if it came out yet. I wanted to see what the the hot one. I mean, I haven't looked at the hot 100 year end list in forever, but I'm curious to see what it looks like this year. Uh, just because I need something to be mad at, so I can say this song is in there. This song sucks. But um, yeah, I'm I'm proud it, of Cardi. It, it, it kind of comes from opportunity. You know, you have a a, a Put it like this. If Jay-Z or Beyonce or Rihanna were taking those opportunities, um, she wouldn't have been considered. Probably right? not. Probably not. But the fact that she's even in the conversation is still pretty, yes. you know. So, so I'm definitely not taking that away from her because of, you but know. Obviously, but obviously her principles are high. That's why I love Cardi. And she yeah. said no. She actually got on a uh, she got on uh, Instagram the other day and was talking shit about the shutdown. And yeah. you know, some politicians were like, oh, man, I need to retweet this. But, like, yeah. <laughs> like, I'm really conflicted on whether or not. And I was like, at first when they didn't reference what video they were talking about, she had released another video called Twerk with, with the City Girl. So I was like, are they about to, like, post a twerk video, but no, they were actually referring to the to that video where she was going off on the federal government um, <clears throat> about the federal government shutdown. You know, it's funny, I, I was going to talk about that on Monday, the Cardi B video and about how, because I, I watched it, you know, I don't follow her on Twitter, but some of my people who I follow on Twitter retweeted it. And I'm like, it was very, I don't know if it was about the profanity or about the vulgarity. And, I, and there is a difference to me where she, she did get a little bit vulgar as far as politics goes. For me, it, it doesn't make me know never mind. But, I mean, when you're talking about from a politics, you've got to have, what's that thing that we used to have before Donald Trump? Decorum. You've got to have decorum, I guess. And, you know, it would have been for a politician it really would have been hard to retweet because the message is on point. But I do think that some of the vulgarity, not the profanity, but the vulgarity was a little much for a politician, not for an average Joe, I don't think. But, but, the, but the message was on point. And I was just like, oh, go, Cardi. Tell them, girl. And I was just like, whoa, hold on. <laughs> you know. So, um... <clears throat> Ultimately, though, she's just, like, not having it. Like, yeah. Marty said no. Everybody said no. It seems like for once, you know, black folks about to get on board, which is actually very hard to do because 
the Super Bowl's in Atlanta. Like, Atlanta, the black mecca. This is our, this is this generation's Harlem Renaissance. Like, music, culture, movies, everything is, is you know, kind of down in Atlanta, you know? So we're like, man, you know, like, we got we got uh, Outkast, we got Ludacris, like, uh, Big Boy. Like, maybe we could bring all the Atlanta artists there, like, because all these people have hits. You go to Atlanta's airport, you're you're being welcomed by Ludacris. I think Ludacris actually has a chicken joint in one of the terminals. Like, this is it's very very black in Atlanta. So it's like okay, all right. I think we seem pretty unified on this, and um, everybody's kind of on board. But then the NFL went to Travis Scott, and this man said yes. Now is Travis Scott performing um, solo? Absolutely not, because his first of all, his catalog is really not that great. Like, Travis Scott got some bops, and he had a great tour last year. Um, and Astro World was a good album, in my opinion. But um, does he have enough hits of his own songs? No. So yeah, Maroon Five is joining him, but he's I guess co-lining or whatever, co-headlining. And he's definitely, his name is top bill of that halftime show performance. Um, we did find out that Big Boy is also going to make an appearance. But my thing is, I, I think it's interesting that it's, it's definitely just Big Boy. It's more outcast. Um, but I think Big Boy, luckily, is not getting as much flack because you know, I think the expectation was, well, it is Atlanta. Oh, he's, also, he's, he's, getting, like, he's getting flack from me. Fuck that shit. Oh, I agree, but I'm just saying publicly, like, I've noticed he's not getting as much flack publicly because everybody's focused on Travis Scott. I think also, too, number one, Travis Scott is um, married to a uh, – she. he's associated with the Kardashians who are pretty much known to do whatever for, for money. Right. And then, um, and then also, too, like, again, big boys from Atlanta. So it's like, well, the least you can do is rep your city kind of thing, but at what cost? I right. think um, if I were a big boy, I'd be on some shit like, all right, I'm about to have, like, a Atlanta party. Like, try to get the money from the events associated with the NFL without – directly, you know what I mean, like contributing to the viewership of it. That's what I would do personally, but whatever. I'm not big boy, and it is what it is. But I think it is some bullshit that basically the NFL is trying to, like, play the Trump card. Like, this is out of the Trump handbook. And, uh, you know, you get those photo ops, and it's like, see, we're not racist. We're out here paying black people. Um, But interestingly enough, Travis Scott, uh, after he got the pushback, of course, from Black Twitterverse and and everybody, um, he goes on to say that he had a conversation with Colin Kaepernick. Mm. And that he discussed performing. But what he did not make clear, I think very deliberately, is he didn't do it with Cap's blessing. Like, it's not like Cap said, well, go ahead and get the money or you know, uh, stipulate that they donate to my organization. Um, And then the very next day, 
uh, someone associated with Kaepernick's camp released something like basically like Travis Scott is a motherfucking liar, like that's some bullshit. Nothing did that. That, um, that. That's Kaepernick's. Uh, I think I don't know if it's his girlfriend or fiance, but yeah, she. Yeah, fiance, yeah. But but Vanessa came out and she was just like, hold on, I I, I had the. Uh, bear with me here. I got my articles all over the place. But Nessa was like, there is no mutual respect and there is no understanding for anyone working against Kaepernick, period. And she put hashtag stop lying. And then um, Ebro came out and he was like, Cap did not approve this bullshit. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> I've always liked Ebro. I know some people don't like him, but I like him. But yeah, I, I, no, I, 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 I mm-hmm. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I rem- yeah, I remember that. Yep, that's the quote. That's what I was referring to. Yeah. I, I look at it like this. I, I think, in my opinion, people have it backwards. Okay? They should be more mad at Big Boy for co-signing this horseshit than they should for Travis Scott because Travis Scott, by his very nature, is a sellout. Now, he's not a sellout to his race because he's dating a white girl and has kids with her. You know, I don't give a shit about that. I've never given a shit about stuff like that. Love who you love. But the Jenners, the Kardashians, they are all about selling out for money. You are 100% correct on that. They're all about, hey, listen, how much of my life can I sell for money? Okay? When Bruce Jenner made his transformation from a man to a woman, we saw every kid, like a whole, didn't have a TV show about it. I think we saw everything but them lopping off his balls or some shit. You know, it's all about the exposure. How many clicks can I get? Kylie Jenner's Instagram has so many. Every little thing she does, if she's blow-drying her hair, she'll get two million hits. So it's, for Travis Scott to do that, I fully expect it. Now, for him to try and get Cap on the back channel and try and get his approval, that, that's a chicken shit move. If you want to sell, sell out, nigga, sell out. Go ahead and do that shit, but don't try and be like, oh, I'm doing it for the people. You're not doing it for the people, Travis I would have loved to be a fly on You're doing it for you. I would love to have been a fly on the wall during that conversation, though, because in my mind, this is how it went. Mm-hmm. Hey, Cap, they asked me to do the Super Bowl. I'm really conflicted because I appreciate what you're doing for the culture, for the community. Um, with your blessing, I'd like to accept the job, but I'm going to stipulate that they donate to um, to your camp. And Cap was like, thanks for no thanks. And then that was the end of the conversation. Um, and then Travis and his, like, mom was like, fuck, well, he didn't, he didn't give me the blessing. Like, you know, I don't know what to do now. All right. And then, <laughs> and then enters, uh, what's the mom's name? Chris Jenner. Enters uh, Chris Jenner. And she's like, oh, he didn't, uh, he didn't say yes? Mm, all right. Well, who, who's cap like, equivalent? Like, who can we... Who can we still say, like, you know, we can donate money to that's still working for the same causes? I know, Van Jones Association. (laughs) Let's go ahead and uh, make sure that the NFL has to give money. We'll make sure that that information gets out. NFL has to give money to uh, Van Jones Organization, uh, you know, his causes. And then that way you can still perform and bring the money back to the family. And that's how he comes out. Chris Jenner is a fucking PR genius. 
Like, she knows how to make sure the stories or information gets leaked so well, that, like, you know what I mean? Like, she knows yeah, how to do shit. Like, she's the master controller. She, 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 is a, she is a genius when it comes, she's on that Donald Trump level of she knows how to repeatedly trick stupid people. You and I are not stupid. Me, you, Blue, uh, Van, uh, Mercedes, we're not stupid. So we see through this shit already. It, it's, you know, cause to, for, for us, Chris Jenner is doing her waving her fingers like, you know, like, like you will accept Travis Scott as one of your own, and we're just looking at her like, that only works on the weak-minded. It doesn't work on people who actually read into this shit, you know? So, yeah, she is a marketing genius when it comes to selling stupid shit to suckers. She's excellent at that. But we're not suckers. We know what the deal is. That whole thing with Van Jones, what is it? Uh, what is it called? Uh, the Dream Corpse. It's basically one of those things that they use to stop the conversation instead of keeping it going. So it's kind of like the black-on-black crime of organizations. Because when people talk about black-on-black crime, or uh, I'll talk about this in a second, uh, minority privilege. (laughs) I almost wanted to go to the store, buy milk, pour a glass of milk, and then drink it, and then reread Laura Ingram talking about minority privilege just so I could make it come out of my nose. Like, that's how stupid that whole thing is. But anyway, um, I'll get to that in, in a moment. I'll get to that on the dark half. <laughs> but, um, but basically, the whole thing is just Travis Scott is doing this for himself because he wants the exposure, and he figures he knows the black community is going to turn on him. So you are right. Basically, Chris Jenner was basically like, look, here's how you spin it to make you look like you're still part of the black community. Now, with yep. Big Boy and Gladys Knight, I don't know what the fuck is going on with those two. And I love, and I love me some Gladys Knight. Holy shit, I love Gladys Knight. But um, um, is it wrong for me to, to hope that Gladys Knight has dementia and that's the reason why she's doing this? Because this is not a Gladys Knight. This, this is more of a Diana Ross move than a Gladys Knight move. So, yeah, Gladys Knight is going to be singing the national anthem at the Super Bowl. Uh... Of course, like, I, I love and hate black Twitter at the same time because, like, people will go to like, eat on the comments. Um, <laughs> people were saying things like, oh, man, Gladys is canceled and, um, you know, take your ass on that midnight train to Georgia, up out of Georgia, whatever. Gladys has too much credit for that. She has way too much credit for that. That's like if you have somebody on your credit card if you have a credit card with somebody and they've been paying on time for 50 years and they have one late payment, you don't cancel them? No. They're good. They have yeah. 50 years of good credit. Like, there's no way I, I, can, I can cut off Gladys Knight for that. I can question it, but I'm not going to exactly. cut her off. Especially if you are someone that is still, for whatever reason, defending R. Kelly, but you can't say <laughs> Gladys. Oh yeah, I don't trust your judgment. I definitely don't trust your judgment. But yeah, <laughs> exactly. Is Gladys is Gladys canceled? No, but it's just I thought this um this tweet from of all people Kevin Campbell was ill timed just because it 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 didn't really like 
I'm just going to read the tweet. Anyway, he said, he, he says, Gladys Knight literally had to walk through the back doors. She lived through the colored and whites only bullshit. She marched with the civil rights leaders. She does not owe you manure. And she gives zero fucks about y'all canceling. Shut the fuck up, please. Carry on. So because she lived through it and she paid her dues, she don't have to continue paying dues? Like, she's a lifetime member? Like, what, what does that mean? Like, if anything... We know the shit is still going on, so it doesn't just because it doesn't have the signs up there anymore for colored and whites doesn't mean that she's exempt from having to participate in the movement. Like, what what are we talking about? Right, you know, uh, it's some bullshit. You know what? what I, I was going to ask you a dumb question. You, you know the Rock, right? <laughs> dumb question. His father yeah. is uh, Rocky Johnson, who was also a pro wrestler, and him and Tony Atlas were the first African American. Tag team champions in the WWE back in the 70s, right? Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. And um, basically, uh, he, uh, he was telling stories about the tours in the South at the time because he said it was a strange time where you go to the shows and all these people, you know, you go to some town in some bumfuck town in, in the South and they all come to the stadium and they see you wrestle and they're all cheering for you. And then you go to you go to a diner and you can't get service because you're black. So the same people that were cheering for you, you go in a diner and they're just like, well, you're black, so you know. And that's something that that's something that that sticks with you, you know. I don't know Gladys's reasons for. Maybe it's because she's old. I mean, how old is Gladys? Nice. She has to be what seventy five. Yeah, maybe. she's probably about that. About that. Yeah. So maybe she's just tired. I'm just making excuses for because I love Gladys Knight. <laughs> she's she's seventy four to be exact. She's seventy four. Yeah, okay. She looks like she's forty three. She's amazing. You know. I will say, um, I, my favorite comments were things that were saying like, uh, "Patty would never," or you know, "Aretha would never." <laughs> First of all, you don't tell Aretha Franklin what to do. Aretha Franklin is dead and you can't tell her what to do, okay? Aretha is Aretha, you know? Mm-hmm. Patty is Patty. So, uh, and here's the thing. I don't know why. I would be less offended if, if Patty LaBelle sang the national anthem. I'd still be offended, mm-hmm. but I'd, be like, I'd just be like, eh, I guess. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why I feel more strongly about Gladys Knight singing it than I do about Pat, if Patti LaBelle sang it. I don't know. Maybe it's because I don't know Patti's music all that well, as much as I know mm-hmm. Black. That might, that might be part of it. I mean, well, it's the national anthem, so it's not like she's performing. It's not like she's going to perform Midnight Train to Georgia. Like, she's just doing the right. national anthem. But, but I would but, say, um, I, I, I really just wish, like, we would... Now, Gladys also, just to clarify, she did speak on this, and her statement was terrible. Did you did you read it? I was looking. I was just looking at it now, and, and put it like this: AOL dot com. The head the, the headline: Gladys Knight defense decision to sing anthem at Super Bowl, then faces more criticism. <laughs> yeah, and, then, um, and then Gladys Knight praying Super Bowl national anthem unites America. No, it won't. No, it will not. Sorry, Gladys. Yeah, love you, you, but... That you don't care. Like, to me, it's like I'd rather you just say 
just say that you don't care, like, or or that you prefer to get your money, like, or don't say anything at all. <laughs> I just feel like, like you like you said stuff without saying anything. Um, it, it, it's not like Gladys Knight is just some Motown widow living off of her residual. She's worth about twenty eight million dollars, so she don't need that little pittance that they're going to give her to sing the national anthem. She said, I'm here today to give the anthem back its voice, to stand for that historic choice of words. Which choice of words? Is this the third stanza, the one that they don't sing? Mm-hmm. Um, what? The way, the way it unites us when we hear it and to free it from the same prejudices and struggles I have fought long and hard for all my life from walking back hallways. You know what? I wish Ray Charles was still alive. Because you remember, you remember that scene in Ray, and, and I'd read about that before I saw it in the movie. And where, where I read about it was just basically I just loved that part, where uh, he didn't know he was playing a Jim Crow show, and he, quit, and he said he wasn't going to do the show, and they told him there's going to be consequences, and Ray's exact words, I don't give a fuck. God, I miss you, Uncle Ray. Jesus Christ. Ray Charles, I don't give a fuck. Consequences, small consequences. I don't give a shit. I'm not playing a Jim Crow show. <laughs> like, I just, I'm just like, whatever, yeah. Like, Gladys, just say that you wanted to check. Just say that you care. Like, you're not giving anything back into voice. You're just, you're a pawn, and you're, you don't care. Just say that. I mean, I, I, I look at it like this. Uh, hold on. I'm, I'm looking up something real, real fast. You, you, think, you look at Gladys Knight's discography, right? She hasn't had an album since 2014. You know? And even then. Like, so people did cancel her. They just didn't do it on purpose. Yeah. I mean, she didn't really have a lot of... Oh, you know what? Hold on. I'm looking at the wrong thing. I looked at Gladys Knight. I'm like, why she only have, like, eight albums? Now, I'm, yeah. I'm sorry, Gladys Knight and the Pips. That's where all the albums are. But um, but anyway, I mean, she hasn't done an album since 2014. Maybe that's a way to get back on the, you know, get back in the limelight. I don't know. But I mean, put it like this: she's 74 years old. What does she need the limelight for? Her legacy is secure. I watched Gladys Knight. Uh, God, this was years ago, but they did a tribute to Gladys Knight and had all these singers come out there and sing Gladys Knight songs, and then Gladys Knight came out there at the end of it and out-sang them all with zero effort. Gladys Knight is an amazing singer, you know, but she doesn't, her legacy is secure. She doesn't need to come out there and grab limelight and get involved in this horse shit. She doesn't need to because it's secure. I mean, she's been doing this for 50 years. So there's no reason to stick her neck out like that. But, hey, I, they always say she knows what she's doing, I guess. She doesn't. She has no clue. Put it like this. I know why they kept reaching out to more people. And I know, super, I know the NFL is like, thank God for Travis Scott. Because Maroon 5 is basically a shit band. They're a shit band that makes money. Maroon 5 is the musical equivalent of saltines floating in a bowl of hot water sprinkled in flour. Their music is bland. 
and just bland and just bland. They got some poppy shit. They got some poppy shit. I like. How many good songs they had was their first single, which I liked, by the way. And I was like, oh, I may have to keep an eye on this band. And they just kept putting out more music. I'm like, God, these motherfuckers suck. Jesus. I got white t-shirts with more sold than this. And it's just, you know, mm, 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 mm. So when I found out they were doing the Super Bowl halftime show, I was like, good. That's what that's the that's the Super Bowl halftime show you deserve. They should just call that shit Sleepy Time with Maroon 5. Get yourself a big cup of chamomile and just drift away. Fuck this shit. And then now Travis Scott had to go ahead and break the color lines, break the picket line. You know, basically to a lot of us okay, not to a lot of us. I'm I'm exaggerating here. But to some people, they consider Kaepernick to be Jesus because he basically sacrificed his career for us to bring awareness to the fact that black people can't walk down the street without getting harassed in some places. That black people are, are getting murdered in the street by cops and then either getting minimal sentences, like the one that just happened, or getting off completely. The guy who killed... God, what was his name? It's in my notes from last week. The guy who killed that young man in, um, in Phoenix, in Arizona, murdered him while he was on his knees begging for his life. They let him go. Cops are out of control. And people like Cap, he pretty much sacrificed his career to bring, uh, to bring this to light. And when you got niggas like Travis Scott, and I hate using the N-word, but fuck that shit. We got niggas like Travis Scott breaking the, you know, breaking the picket line for some exposure and some money. I'm like, man, fuck that nigga. I don't give a shit. And I know I'm being out of pocket, but I can't help it, man. It, it, it just burns me up. I, and like I said, with Big Boy, I don't know what the hell he's doing. He don't need the money. And he's like the king of Atlanta. If he just did a show in Atlanta, well, he could do a, he could do a show in Atlanta. I think Big Boy, uh, <laughs> Big Boy went ahead and did this because he just acquired the original Dungeon House and uh, where like the studio that they used to work out of. Right. And so he just acquired that. So they have to convert it back into a studio, but he he purchased the property. So that's probably why he needed the money. <laughs> mm. That probably cost a small fortune. <laughs> Ultimately, if I were a performer, I'd, it's just like one of those things, like why why can't you have your ethics about you? Like why does everything have to be about the money, especially when you know that you don't need it? I'm sure they threw like a lot of money at them. And we're not talking about like, you know, regular money. We're talking about life-changing money for you and your family. I get it. But when you're when you're just coming off the tour – and you produce for other people, you don't really need it. Right. And your, your girl is a billionaire. Like, if y'all break up, she probably got to pay <laughs> you child support. She probably going to have to pay you child support. Like, you're good. Yeah. If something happens, he's getting palimony, man. He'll make money like that. I mean, he got money, but he ain't got money. He ain't got Kardashian-Jenner money. So, I don't know. It, 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 it just, 
it's just a shit situation, man. I mean, people, there, there's a, a rock song from a group you probably never heard of. I don't even want to say their name. But in part of their chorus and their song, and, and don't get me wrong, this woman is screaming at the top of her lungs. I'm just going to say it. <laughs> I'm not going to scream it like she does. But she was like, um, there's no price tag on my conscience. Here's my answer. It's still fuck you. <laughs> so basically, she's not selling out her morals for money, you know. So I don't understand why people feel that, and, you know, and then, like I said, trying to take that backdoor route to try and make it about, I'm doing it for the people. Nah, dude, you're doing it for yourself. You really are. Well, I appreciate the, on a, on a lighter note, I'm grateful to, of, all, of the most random people, uh, Soldier Boy, tell him. Anything <laughs> of value and means that he has uh, managed to, to generate this week. Um, this dude got on the radio a couple of days ago in the Breakfast Club and basically told niggas to shut up and pay him. Pay him some respect because he put all y'all niggas on, including uh, Drake, uh, including... Uh, when I was listening to the interview, first of all, I didn't uh, right away know who it was because I don't watch on YouTube. I listen on iHeartRadio. Mm-hmm. And I'm listening to this interview, and I'm like, who is this? <laughs> who is this animated-ass person? And then when I heard We'll Be Back with Soldier Boy, I was like, whoa, okay, this makes sense now. And um, he's definitely an interesting character. This dude has really, he now all jokes aside, though, this guy has really mastered, like, the, I mean, he became a millionaire off of YouTube, like, he was, like one of the first, you know? So to just start putting out music and then really get a following, get a fan base, and know how to, like, market yourself at such a young age when it wasn't a thing, like, I don't even have to Soulja Boy. <laughs> this dude didn't, like, the whole ringtone thing, that's what made Soldier Boy rich. Um, the... Like, the music company didn't know, like, what to do with all the ringtones, um, and he was getting, like, a dollar or whatever, so they just gave him 100% of the royalties from the ringtones. Like, people don't really use them anymore, but that's besides the point. Yeah. I mean, figure it like this with Soldier Boy, right? Um, he has three studio albums, Right. Now, keep in mind, he has a shit ton of mixtapes. I mean, you figure it like this. Just in 2018, he released three mixtapes in 2018. He's already released one this year. He released one uh, last week. And then he has another one coming out called Pretty Boy Millionaires with Little B and, and Little Yachty. That's going to be trash. But, um... He puts out a shit ton of mixtapes, but then there's three studio albums. So you figure uh, SoldierBoyTellEm.com, he did a million copies. Peaked at number four, right? I, SoldierBoyTellEm, peaked at number 43. He sold 400,000 copies, right? And then the DeAndre Way came out in 2010, peaked at number 90, and only sold 150,000 copies. But if you look at his singles, right... 
that's where he was making that money. Uh, Crank That Soldier Boy was triple was a triple platinum single. You know, and like you said, the whole ringtone thing just he just really blew up. So his music ain't really all that, but he knew how to market the whole he knew how to market the whole internet thing. You know. He got some bops, though. He got a couple bops, and then also, too, like, Soldier Boy also produced and ghost, you know, ghost wrote. Like, Beyonce got on Lemonade and sampled Soldier Boy. <laughs> and we all know, like, that album was iconic. That was the one that was on HBO. It was just like, Beyonce's coming. We saw the image. We didn't know who the hell it was or what it was. We knew it was Beyonce, but we didn't know, like, what it was going to be. And it was like a whole event. Um, so, yeah, like, Soulja Boy also wrote With My Hair, um, which was a huge hit for Willow Smith. Like, Soulja Boy is a ghostwriter. And that's oh, where, like, so, so basically, I, I have Soulja Boy to thank for that whole, I whip my hair back and forth, I whip my hair back and forth. God damn it. Um, I mean, the dude said a lot of outlandish things, but they weren't necessarily lies. They weren't. They really weren't. So I'm I'm grateful again to Black Twitter for providing the memes to entertain me at work so I could just randomly laugh out loud. Um, thanks, soldier boy. <laughs> I, 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 saw that, I, I saw that whole, I, I listened to a clip of that, I, I was watching, uh, what was it, uh, Donkey Today, and they talked about uh, Famous Dex, I think his name is, and basically he was uh, arguing with Soldier Boy, because, you know, he, he took offense to what Soldier Boy said in that interview, and had this whole uh, video about, you know, going after Soldier Boy, and Soldier Boy came on his, his live stream, and they were just arguing back and forth like a bunch of little kids, and it just sounded so pathetic, man. Just horribly pathetic. Yeah, I did see some of those clips, but I just tend to stay away. Like, there's been something else going on with the Kardashian camp and Black China and some new girl, like one of the new Instagram girls that's now fucking with Rob. Like, I, first, I just, I can't keep up with these people anymore. Like, I'm I'm not going to Unless you're making music or you're putting out some type of product to promote, I'm not paying attention to you because just being Instagram famous or being an Instagram model, I'm, I'm not paying attention to you. And the names that I was seeing were people I never heard of. So I'm just, I, I'm not paying attention to two people arguing on lives, but I did see that happen. I kept seeing like videos of, like, people getting in confrontations on Instagram Live, and I was like, what the fuck is, like, why is this a thing? And why, why do we all have to see it? Like, why, <laughs> I don't, I don't know, like, I don't get it. It's, I mean, it's, it's demeaning to just start off with that. I mean, it's absolutely demeaning for everybody involved. You know, even the people who weren't involved with the meeting, because you're just looking at these cats, you know, bitching about dumb shit. I mean, you're supposed to be out there setting the example, making the money, and then, you know, you're just out there talking dumb shit. I don't even, put it like this, I don't even know what they were saying because they were just yelling over each other. So it wasn't like point counterpoint. 
it was just more like blah 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 blah. You know, I put it like this: I've seen more coherence out of two dogs fighting over a pork chop than listening to these two dudes go at it on Instagram Live. You know. I'm just like, they're just shitty human beings. Well, okay, I'm not going to go that far. <laughs> they're shitty human beings, but they're just setting a shitty example. I'll just, I'll just leave it at that. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, ultimately, that's all I got. 2019 is... is <laughs> it's, off to a, it's off to a great start. I mean, we got the government shut down. We're off to a great start. You know, I, I do this little thing on Facebook every now and then, you know, just because I'm bored, because I don't do shit. And I just do, like, uh, I listen to uh, the first half of the day, you know, I do customer service, I do phone work. And the first half of the day, I'm helping out with processing, which is what my old job was, because they're a bit behind. So I get to listen to, I get to, listen to music while I process, because I'm not on phones. And I've just been doing this thing, like, if I, if I hear a song and some of the lyrics catch my ear, I'll, I'll just, I won't say who the artist is. I'll just post the lyrics and then just put hashtag random song lyrics. You know. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, just something to do. And I, I joked about it yesterday and put up deliberate song lyrics because I, uh, I was doing my thing yesterday and a song called 24 Hours from uh, Farrah Monch came on. So Farrah Monch featuring Little Fame from M.O.P. And the chorus goes, give me my motherfucking money. I want my goddamn money. In 24 hours, you better have my money. I got bills and shit. I need medicine. Roof over my head. Con Edison. You know? Mm. And I just said, you know what? I'm just dedicating that to the 800,000 plus people affected by Trump's ridiculous shutdown. You know? And I, and I just put deliberate song lyrics. I'm like, this is not random. This is for you guys. You know? Trump actually ordered these people back to work. I'm like, fuck is you talking about? Order back to work, I quit. Finding, I'm finding another. It used to be a time where having a government job was dope. When people were like, oh, you work for the government? That's dope. And now it's just like, you work for the government? Now you got to work without pay. <laughs> like, 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 like a slave. You know, only thing they don't have is like, like overseers chasing them on horses and like, Cracking whips at them, you know. I don't. I don't. I don't. Understand. I don't understand. Like, like, the only leverage you have to work is the incentive to pay. So once you take that incentive away, why would anybody show up to work? Like, it's like, what consequence do you have? You're you're telling people, oh, um, you're telling people, yeah, if you don't go back to work, um, then what? Like they'll get fired and won't get paid. I mean, they're already not getting paid. Like I don't understand. Like how well, do you tell people like, oh, well, if you don't come to work, like what consequences there when there's no incentive for pay? It, it, it's funny. I was watching. Well, there's an old Simpsons episode, but you know, in the cartoons they say the same age forever. And there was one where Principal Skinner threatened some of the kids with getting left back, and one of the kids was like, I failed to see the threat. Because, you know, on the show, they've been in the same grade for 30 years. Because it's a cartoon, you know. Like, there's no threat behind it. Oh, uh, you're going you're gonna to be fired. Okay, well, now I get to not get paid and not work, as opposed to not getting paid and working. 
because it costs money to go to work. Mm-hmm. He was in, my dad used to make his job reimburse him, like when they would send him to Staten Island, he would make mm-hmm. them reimburse him for, his, for the bridge tolls. Because the Staten Island Bridge, every day, I think it's like $20 a day to go to Staten Island. Pete Davidson made me laugh. He's from Staten Island. He was like, you know what? Staten Island is such a shitty place. Like, when you, when you go over the bridge, they pay you. You have to pay to leave. <laughs> you don't pay to get to Staten Island. You pay to leave Staten Island. <laughs> but um, basically, the one person who's really driving this shutdown into the ground is Mitch McConnell. And I'm just going to give you the, the simple explanation of it. Here's what would happen, right? The House has already voted six times to end the shutdown. But you need the House and the Senate to vote on it, right? A lot of these Republican uh, politicians on the House and the Senate, they are taking an acid bath. It's really bad for these people. And some of them are going up for election in 2020. And they don't want this hanging over their heads. That's why I passed in the House to end the shutdown. Because here's what would happen, okay? Bear with me. Let's say it came up to a vote in the Senate, right? And then uh, it passed in the Senate and it passed the House. It goes to the president's desk, right? Then the president Mm -hmm. has to either sign it or veto it. So if he signs it, and this is where it, it's the pressure on the president because he painted himself into a corner. If he signs it, his base is angry at him because what's being passed is not being passed with money for the border wall, which is the, 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 the MacGuffin in this whole thing, right? So mm-hmm. if they put it on the president's desk and the president vetoes it, then it goes back to a vote. So if they get two-thirds of the vote, and, and I, I want to say it's two-thirds, I may be getting my rules confused, but if they get enough votes, they could override the president's veto and reopen the government. And Mitch McConnell knows that. So Mitch McConnell is purposely not bringing up to a vote in the Senate. So right now, Mitch McConnell and Donald Trump are the ones who are holding this up. The wall is not necessary. It is not necessary to spend $5 billion on a wall. They've already caught a whole bunch of South Americans tunneling under the wall. They've found, and this is not including the three other tunnels that they've already found. Because it's like, oh, you put up a wall, but we'll just tunnel under it. And that's what they've been doing. Mm-hmm. So a wall is useless. It's basically just a racist monument. And we've gone over all this before. But the fact that this shutdown is almost a month old, longest shutdown in U.S. history, yeah. and Donald Trump is not, and, and, and him and, and Pelosi are just having, like, uh, spitting contests. You know, they're like, well, well, Pelosi's like, well, you can't have your State of the Union address. And Trump's like, well, you can't go to Afghanistan, which was a secret, which I put out there, which now you really can't go. That was, I mean, when they make those trips to places like that, it's a secret for security reasons. And Trump literally just put her out there and then had the nerve in his little bitch letter Oh, you can flag their commercial if you want to. Why would she go to Afghanistan now? You pretty much just exposed her. But she can't, she can't go now. Well, but your wife went to Mar-a-Lago for MLK weekend. In a military jet, mind you. In a military jet. 
you know. And, and the fact that Trump's people don't see this is, I mean, they, 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 they see it. They see it. They just don't care. They figure so long as Trump is their guy, they figure, I, I saw, I, I don't know if I saw it on a tweet or what have you, but somebody was like, for Trump fans, treason is a perfectly acceptable trade-off for open racism. I'll talk more about Trump's case uh, on, on Monday. But I do want to go into, I mean, I know this is usually the dark half, but I do want to go into something a, a little bit lighter. Uh, for, for you sports fans, especially you Chicago Bears fans, I know you're mad at your kicker who uh, missed that 42-yard field goal that would have won them the game. And, and he missed it in the worst way. It went off that left upright, and then it fell and hit the crossbar, and then just fell on the wrong side. No field goal. And it was just like, there was no joy in Mudville, Chicago. If you ever see, a, there's a video out of people's reactions to him missing the field goal. It's, ter- it's, it's hilarious. It's terrible and hilarious at the same time. Mm-hmm. But I, I will say this, okay? I don't know who set it up, but someone in Chicago set up a field goal, right? I don't know if it was at a high school or what have you, but they set it up so that anybody could just walk up and try and kick a 42-yard field goal, and they set it at 42 yards, and they tried to see if somebody could make that field goal. And some people came a little bit close. Most of it was, put it like this, we have ordinary slobs walking up, and it's snowing, mind you, Walking up to try and kick a 42-yard field goal, however you pictured it in your mind, is exactly how it went. It was a disaster. I mean, people sucked at it. I mean, I can't do it. I can't kick a 42-yard field goal. I'm not even going to create that illusion in my mind, but some people thought, oh, well, if he could do it, I could do it. No, they can't. No, they can't. They sucked at it. It was absolutely hilarious. (laughs) <laughs> and the poor guy who was out there clearing the field, right? I think someone was going up to kick. So he was basically, he was basically almost directly to her right. I mean, sorry, to her left. I apologize, to her left, right? So in no way, shape, or form should he have been affected by the kick. You would think that. She shanked this ball so hard that it just went almost directly to her left and hit this poor man right in the nuts. And I was just like, you got to be shitting me. That's like the most anti-athletic thing I've ever seen in my life. So basically, if you can't kick a 42-yard field goal and you're mad at the professional athlete because he missed the 42-yard field goal, you should just keep your mouth shut about it because they put it out there like, oh, can, oh, can you do it? No? Well, then shut the fuck up then. <laughs> so, but I, I, I will say this. I'm going to nerd it up a little bit. I play, uh, you know, I like my World of Warcraft. I like my Dungeons and Dragons. And I play online on this thing called Roll20. And I just saw the, most, the, the, the least self-aware person I've ever seen in my life. So he's this guy. I'm not going to get into too many details about this. I'm not going to nerd up because I know we don't have that much time left. But 
I figured this guy was the most least self-aware person. Like, you ever see people who just live in a bubble to the point where they're about to suffocate in their bubble? Like, they don't go anywhere. They don't read the newspaper. They just have their one hobby, and that's all they do. And Yeah. Yeah. I think that's this guy. So, basically, he wanted to do content for Roll20 online. Like, he, like he, he makes videos for Dungeons & Dragons, and I guess he wanted to do some stuff for Roll20. And the guy, uh, I forget his name. Like I said, that part wasn't important. I didn't write down his name. But he basically had a video conference with them and basically just told them he didn't want to, told them he didn't want to work with five white guys. Now, this guy who told him that was white himself. So he caught feelings over it, right? Now, here's my thing. I looked. I had to look this guy to find out if he was white, and he was white. And I was just like, okay, thank goodness. <laughs> now, I will say this, okay? I'm going to guess. I mean, just looking at this guy, right? And I'm going to judge a book by its cover. I'm guessing that this, that this guy is really great at programming stuff, but not great at talking to people. Because I'm going to guess, and this is just all me. I'm basing this on nothing. When he said he didn't want to work with five white guys, right, because these, these guys are going to be making YouTube channels, I guess what he's trying to say is he just wants a little bit more diversity in their crew, okay? When I go to play World of Warcraft, I mean, not World of Warcraft, when I go to play D&D up the street from my, from my apartment, you know, they have D&D nights a couple days a week. Most nights, I am the only black guy in the building. I think the last time I was there, there was two other black people in the building, Right? So, I mean, like I said, I grew up in a mixed neighborhood, so it's not that bad, but it just seems like a little off-putting sometimes, you know? Because, I mean, most people don't care. But you always get some people who just look at me like, the hell is he doing here? Ain't, 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 ain't no fried chicken and chitlins here. That's, I, that, that's, the, I, that's how I describe those looks sometimes. Because, <laughs> you know, most people look at you like, oh, and they're like, oh, hey, another person. What are the table he's going to? And some people just look at you like, mm. you know. But I, I look at it as he probably just wanted more diversity in his crew because these are people who are going to be on YouTube making YouTube videos. But he caught feelings about the fact that, you know, he discriminated against me because I'm white, even though the other guy was white. And he made a video about it. And I'm just like, oh, oh, my God, you were discriminated against because of the color of your skin? Damn. I wonder what that's like. <laughs> I figure like this, okay? And maybe I'm, maybe I'm reaching here. Discrimination is discrimination, it's wrong any way you slice it. You're not supposed to discriminate against anybody. Not for their race, not for their creed, not for their color, not for their sex. You're not supposed to discriminate against anybody. If a person can do the job and they're the first person there, let them do the job. Right? Mm-hmm. But in this day and age where you have uh, immigrants coming across the border being discriminated against for the color, I mean, not just because they're, I mean, they are breaking the law, but the harshness being shown to these people, being separated from their children, losing their children in the system, and then getting deported without their children, 
having their children put in cages. You got black people getting killed in the streets by cops. You have open racists wandering the streets, literally. And you're worried because you didn't get to put some videos on YouTube because of the color? Get the fuck out of here, man. No one, no one wants to hear that horse shit. So, yes, it was wrong you were discriminated against, but come on, dude. You need to get outside more. Start making D&D videos and just take a walk around your block and see what's happening out there before you put those videos up and look like a fucking jackass doing it. Because the world... We don't even got to talk about the world. The country is a big place. You don't even got to leave the shores of America to know that what's going on ain't right. And you're worried because you didn't get to put some videos on YouTube? No, give a shit. Least self-aware people out there. I watched Laura Ingram get on Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, and she made up a term that just sounded really stupid to me. And she called it minority privilege. Minority privilege, I, I guess she's trying to get it to catch on. And I think a couple other people have already said it. So basically, her minority privilege means that if I have this right, that just because you're a minority, it means that you can't be criticized. Because if we criticize you, then that means that you're a racist. Here's my rebuttal to that. <laughs> My perfect example of this is President Obama, okay? Despite his flaws, he's the best president of my lifetime. And the way we're going now, unless Bernie Sanders becomes president, that will stand until the day I die, right? If you wanted to criticize Obama for something small, like the Cash for Clunkers program that didn't work the way he wanted it to, you know, or for something big, like the drone program, that he ex- that expanded under his watch that killed a lot of innocent people. A lot of civilians died in that drone program, right? If you want to criticize him for that, that's fine. I have nothing to say because those, I mean, that happened, right? If you criticize the president for his policies, that is fair game. It doesn't matter what color their skin is. But, but their criticisms don't go to policy. Their criticisms go to, oh, he's a socialist. That is what he does is the exact opposite of socialism. Okay? Oh, he's a Muslim. No, he's actually a Christian. He goes to church. He, you know, or, you know, or he's a, a, a terrorist. You know, they say all these goofy things that are not true. Right? that they wouldn't say about any other president. That's why we call you racist. You know, you, they made a conspiracy theory that was so prevalent that Obama was not even born in this country. When you have politicians who actually weren't born in this country, and no one ever brings it up. They never bring it up about Ted Cruz. Ted Cruz wasn't born in this country. Ted Cruz was born in Canada. And yet Ted Cruz ran for president. Did anybody bring that up? No. Fox News, Fox News brought it up for about 11 seconds. You know what? You know what? Uh, what was his name? Not Steve, not, not Steve Doofy, the other one. His name is Doofy. I call him Doofy because it fits him. 
Okay. But um the other the other Fox and Friends jackass on that show, along with along with Ainsley Airhead. Um but he basically was like, Oh, um when they brought the fact that Ted Cruz wasn't born in America, they were like, Well, his mother is an American citizen, right? And they were like, Yeah, like, well, okay, well then that's it. That's done. That's the exact same thing that happened to Obama, except that in Obama scenario, he was born in America. He was born in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's why we call you racist when you bring up stuff like that. So there is no such thing as minority privilege. That's just something that people say when they have nothing else to say. When your argument is shit, you either bring up this new thing called minority privilege or you bring up black-on-black crime, you know, or you bring up, oh, they're aborting all these black babies or all this other stupid horse shit, but to avoid the fact that you got nothing. Nothing. I was on, as a matter of fact, somebody just responded. I haven't read it yet. But I guess one of the reasons why I didn't go back to sleep this morning when I got up at 3.30 to use the restroom, too much information I know, is because I made the mistake of right before I was getting ready to go back to sleep of looking at my phone, and one of my friends brought up a post, and he said in his post, why it, he, he made basically something about why when people want to talk politics, what, what, when Trump fans want to talk politics, have nothing, have nothing good to say, they just bring up some bad stuff about Obama, right? And somebody mentioned uh, that my friend who said that was a hypocrite because they said that uh, people are always downing Trump, but look what happened with the gross domestic product, with the GDP. That supposedly, supposedly Obama said that we would need a magic wand to get past 2% GDP, and Trump had a, a month where uh, it was like 4.3%. And I was like, and I wrote back, right? Let's see if I can find what I wrote real quick. I should be able to because somebody just responded to it. But, uh, but I wrote back, and I said, uh, I love Trump fans' ability to find a quarter in a giant pile of dog shit and claim that, it, that it's worth a fortune. I said, first of all, you're claiming hypocrisy because Obama said that it would take a magic wand to get past 2.0 GDP. I'm going to have to find that statement since Obama had plenty of quarters past 2.0 GDP, including quarters in 2014 where we hit 5.1 and 4.9 back-to-back. We did hit 4.2 in second quarter of 2018, and we had 3.5 in the fourth quarter. I should have actually said said third and fourth quarter. I messed that up. But that was only because of the spending from people getting their bonus checks from Trump's tax cuts. Their one-time bonus checks, I should say, from Trump's tax cuts. Tax cuts that will shave $2 trillion from the Treasury over the next 10 years. You can't artificially inflate GDP, even if it was by circumstance and not planning, and claim Obama was wrong. And the stock market crashed more than the alcoholic NASCAR racer in 2018 and decimated many people's 401k savings. I have more than a few friends, and this is true. This is definitely true. I have more than a few friends who lost more than $20,000 from their hard-earned savings because every time Trump opened up his fat orange mouth talking dumb shit about trade wars, the stock market drops 800 points at a time. Not all together for the year, at a time. So 
I just said, enjoy your shit-covered quarter. Because that's basically all it is. It, you, know, you, know what, you know what it is? It's basically a Big Mac served on a silver tray. <laughs> you know? And it's basically... It's absolute ridiculousness that people think that uh, if a white person is discriminated against, that's like the worst thing that could possibly happen in America. So you have people like uh, Ben Shapiro. You have people like Laura Ingram. You have people like Rush Limbaugh. You have people like Tucker Carlson, especially that fucking douchebag Tucker Carlson. God, I want to strangle him. They get on TV, you know, with their seersucker suits and their goofy-ass haircuts, and they just talk all this stuff and convince these people that they're the victims. How can you... You know what? That's like if a lion walked around the jungle with a complex like, everybody's out to get me. I'm just so oppressed. You're the king of the jungle. Nobody, nobody's eating lions. I a little bit earlier this week about... I mean, or earlier this episode about about the twerk video. Remember I, I mentioned the twerk video with the yeah. city girls? So some some random person gets on Twitter and says <laughs> she says what I she says where is the black girls I mean where's the white girls in a twerk video so of course black Twitter does what it does and <laughs> responds accordingly. Um, plenty of memes and gifts and shit like that. Um, comments like, here's that attention you ordered, but to speak to your point about um, about being the oppressed versus the oppressor, um, this guy replies, we definitely see what you tried to do, but you can't be upset when oppressed people decide not to include the privileged, a.k.a. the oppressor, in the simple project they wanted to create. Um, so, yeah, no, it doesn't work that way. Like you said, the lions don't get to say the sheep are out to get them. Right. I mean, nobody's eating lions, you know. Lions don't have to, they don't have to go to sleep at night wondering, is somebody going to eat me? No, because you're a goddamn lion. You're at the top of the food chain in your area. And that's basically what we have here, you know. Usually when a white guy gets discriminated against, I mean, every now and then there's a white guy who gets punched in the face by an angry black guy. I'm not going to pretend that that doesn't exist because it does. But, of course, sometimes it happens when that white guy calls him the N-word, but we'll just, you know, we'll just gloss yeah, over that for now. The zebra the shit out of a lion, but, huh? but it's usually because the lion came for the zebra, not because the zebra came from the lion. Right. I mean, you, I mean, you figure it like this, right? Imagine if you fought in World War II, right? You're a, you're a black soldier. You fought in World War II. So they make a, a, a rule, a law, that says that if you fought in a war and you fought with honor, which basically means you didn't die, <laughs> you, get, you get a loan, Right? You're allowed to get a low-interest loan so you could buy a home, get back on your feet, right? So if your prerequisite is you fought in a war, then even if you're African-American, you get to get a loan, 
But you come home from the war, and then you go, you put on your suit, and you go sit down to get your, your well-deserved loan, and you don't get it because the loan officer makes up some horseshit excuse because slipped in that law was a poison pill that allowed loan officers to use their discretion in order to deny loans. Now, with that poison pill in there, who do you think is going to be the biggest recipient of denied loans, white people or black people? Hmm, going to go with black, 4,000 Alex. Exactly. Because in most cases, I'm not going to say in all cases, because, I mean, I don't know all cases. I'm just saying the cases I see on that, that come into my feed and Facebook and all that other stuff, right? When white people get discriminated against, it's usually an inconvenience to them. When black people get discriminated against, it, it ranges from inconvenience to death. Okay? When people call the cops on black people because they're barbecuing or something like that, there is a chance of death. And I think these people know that. And I, and I know I shouldn't basically try to project what other people are thinking because I'm not a mind reader. But when you read all these articles of Tamir Rice in the park playing with a toy gun gets shot by a cop, I don't even think he put his car in park before he jumped out of that thing to shoot that little boy. You have to figure that calling the cops on the black person, it's not just because you don't feel safe. It's because you don't want them to feel safe because they use the cops as boogeymen in order to, uh, hell, it's almost like being a terrorist and just using the cops to terrorize people. And I know that that may be a little bit of a reach, but is it really, though? I mean, why would you call the cops on the little girl selling water? Is it because she doesn't have a permit? Or is it because you just don't like black people and want to see bad things happen to them? And you know the best way to do that without getting your hands dirty is to call cops. Yep. So this whole thing, you know, uh, Laura Ingram is the one who did that. You know, I think Laura Ingram is basically, if she was a scarecrow, she'd be the only working scarecrow in America. Because they were just, because crows would just see Laura Ingram and be like, oh, Jesus, God, let's get the fuck out of here. Like, you ever see scarecrows in pictures and they're always covered in crows? <laughs> There's crows all over them. Because it doesn't work. Laura Ingram would be the only working scarecrow. Because no living thing really wants to be around Laura Ingram. And it's funny, on her Twitter feed, the first thing she puts in her description is that, is that she's a mom. Those kids are doomed. I could just see those kids going to college and getting their asses kicked when they start walking around with their MAGA hats, talking that dumb shit, and getting the shit kicked out of them. Ah, almost wish I could be there. <laughs> I almost wish I could be in the imaginary scenario that I made up. <laughs> but that is all I had. But I will say one last thing. I, I, I do want to end... On, on sort of a little bit of a bright note or a funny note, there was a, uh, I was, I don't follow him on Twitter. I should. I don't know why. I follow Chris Evans on Twitter. And, you know, they have the whole Avengers gang, and you know, they all follow each other on Twitter. And uh, Tom Holland, who plays uh, Spider-Man, 
So, you know, the new Spider-Man movie comes out in July. I will definitely be there. You know, they took a risk on that reboot, but I think it worked out pretty well. And um, I like Spider-Man, Spider-Man stuff because it's not like the Avengers is like extinction level events and stuff like that. And Spider-Man is just more personal, which makes it kind of fun, but also tense at the same time. But anyway, uh, there was a article. It, it was a parody, right? Because Marvel keeps a tight lip on everything they do. And anybody who spills the beans, it's usually Tom Holland. Because <laughs> he's a little bit he's a little bit glib. And sometimes he gives things away that he's not supposed to. But Marvel is very, I mean, why should I say Disney? It's just very tight-lipped with that sort of thing. You know what I mean? And um, they put out a parody article that says that Tom Holland accidentally uploaded Avengers 4 to Twitter. And Tom Holland saw it and he put it on his Twitter feed. He was like, that made me nervous. I was like, shit, did I really do that? <laughs> I, thought, I thought that was funny. Because usually, like I say, when something's given away, it's usually Tom Holland that gives it away. Everyone else is pretty tight-lipped, but, you know, he's a little bit glib. You know, I guess it's just a Brit in him, you know, being from England. But that's all I had. I will say this. What, what's the next movie you're going to go see? Because now the good movies are starting to come out. I don't know. I don't know what's coming up. I did see the upside, but I saw it on a screening, so I couldn't tell you. Um, I still haven't seen Creed. That's probably already out of the theaters now. I'm really late on that one. But that was the last movie that I wanted to see that I did not see. Um, I did see if Bill Street could talk. But I don't know, like, I don't know what's coming out. I, I will say this. I saw a commercial for a, a Liam Neeson movie called uh, Cold Pursuit. And uh, it looks good. You know, he's basically... And Liam Neeson can be in any profession in the movie. And if somebody kills his kid, he'll just be a badass. Like, in this movie, he's a, he's a snowplow driver. And he goes oh, after. I saw that. I saw that. Yeah. yeah, I saw the previous. And he's going after drug dealers that that killed his son. Uh, it looks good. I think it comes out in a couple of weeks. I think first week. No, uh, February eighth. I may need to go see that. And then also, if let me see if it came out. Uh, let me see, Suspiria twenty eighteen. Uh, I may actually, if it actually comes out in a, if it's out in video, I may have to actually go see it, uh, Suspiria. It's the remake of the, the horror classic from the 70s, which I still need to upload to, uh, to Google for you so you can check it out. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And, and, and like I said, sus- the plot makes zero sense in Suspiria talking about the one from the, from the 70s, but it's basically just the visuals and all that other stuff that just makes up for it. Because Italian, yeah. Italian horror is weird. <laughs> the zombie movies are unnecessarily gory, but Suspiria was a good movie just based on its style. Don't try and follow the story. You're not, it's it's not going to be worth your time to follow the story. Because <laughs> it makes no sense. 
I've seen that movie like six times and it still doesn't make any sense. So. But I, I'm curious to see what they do with the, uh, with the remake. For some reason, their remake of Suspiria is like two and a half hours long. The original Suspiria was like 90 minutes. So I don't know why they, I don't know why they tacked on an extra hour. We'll see. So. But if it comes, if it's on Amazon, I'm probably just gonna rent it. I'm not gonna buy it just yet. I'll give it a rent and see what's up. But anyway, I, I, I think I've done, I'm done running my mouth. Um, what, are, what are your, uh, what are your parting thoughts? Final thoughts, man. Um, Black Twitter, keep your head up, keep doing your thing. <laughs> Yeah. That's it. That's my takeaway. Black Twitter is definitely a ray of sunshine. And sometimes we get a little bit overboard like what they did with Gladys Knight, but they often don't fail to disappoint. Like when somebody comes out their face and says something stupid, Black Twitter will get you. So I definitely like Black Twitter for that. And also, boycott the goddamn Super Bowl. Jesus Christ. Cap gave up his career for us. Let's Let's at least... The least we could do, put it like this. If you go to watch the Super Bowl in a sports bar, I forgive you. You know? But if you actually have those Nielsen ratings coming from your house on the Super Bowl, yeah, I, I, I can't do nothing for you. Because I'm definitely not watching. Well, it's easy for me to say I'm not watching the Super Bowl. I don't have cable. But even if I had cable, I still wouldn't watch it. Because I'm just like, what? Oh, you know what? I may have to watch it so I can see uh, Maroon 5. The saltine crackers of rock and roll get out there and do their thing. <laughs> what they say on Bob's Burgers, if they were a spice, they'd be flour. <laughs> That's my takeaway from, from, from today. Maroon 5 sucks. But anyway, um... Everybody, enjoy the rest of the weekend. You can catch our podcast anywhere where you can get podcasts except for iHeartRadio. Everybody take care of each other, and uh, we will talk to you soon. Bye.
Bye. 